0: Welcome back to MD Reels. Keeping it real with you, I'm Arvind. And I'm Pranav. So, this episode is going to be a bit different. We're going to be talking about an up and coming rivalry in the league. We've seen and heard of many rivalries. Wilt and Bill Russell, the Lakers and Celtics, LeBron and the Warriors, the list goes on and on. This episode is going to be about a rivalry that we think is going to be the rivalry of the whole future of the league.
1: So, let's, talk about Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Yeah, so we all know how it started, right? So they were both picked in the 2018 NBA draft. Surprisingly enough, they were viewed as top prospects in the draft and yet they both didn't go number one or number two. So Luka went third. He was picked by the Atlanta Hawks and Trey went fifth. And, you know, immediately there was a sense that the players had this sort of connection between them because the... Respective franchises didn't want them there. Yeah, you could put it that way. But I think Mark Cuban, the reason Mark Cuban traded for uh,
0: Donchish was because I think he wanted a future uh, star to be the face of the Dallas Mavericks who could replace uh, Dirk Nowitzki. And ironically, I think he found uh, a European player who happened to be the Euro League MVP. So I think he did find his successor.
1: Yeah, and going into it, the Hawks and uh, Mavericks traded for their respective players. Like, the Hawks uh, traded the third pick. They were traded on the draft night. And Luka went to the Mavericks. And the Mavericks had to give up a first-round pick in the next year, which trade, which turned out to be Cam Reddish. So, coming into the draft, you know, the Hawks might have done a bit better with Luka in their first year, right? But they chose Trey because they wanted more players with who they could experiment with because both teams at that point were actively rebuilding. They didn't have any franchise player to build around or they didn't have any hopes of making the playoffs actively every year. And both of them had their respective problems. You didn't know how Luca was going to fit into the NBA because he's only played in Europe, right? Some players just don't have that transition. And with Trey, he was a really good player back in high school and in college. But Michael Porter Jr. was viewed as the clear better player coming out of high school and Trey had to prove himself in college. And still, he was a defensive liability. And no one knew whether his defense and even his offensive skill would stack up in the NBA. Well, the notion that Luca wouldn't be as
0: effective as, uh, as he was in Europe, uh, in the NBA, it turned out to be pretty wrong because he started lighting up the league right from his rookie season. He averaged, I think, 21, 8 and 6 in his rookie season. He didn't even play like a rookie. I, I used to watch all those games live in He was so scintillating to even watch. I remember him beating uh, the Houston Rockets multiple times and with Harden's signature step-back three as his daggers and everything. It was really, you know, fun to watch. I think that's how he captivated all the people and everyone, right, from journalists to analysts, everyone started thinking
1: Luca was going to be the face of the league and that the Mavericks clearly won the trade. Yeah, and Trey wasn't doing anything to help his case either. He had a really rough rookie season. He averaged only 19 points and he was clear to see that he was struggling to acclimate to the NBA. Luca looked very natural. Like, as you said, he was sitting step backs in the clutch, making plays that, you know, the hardened veterans would make. And Trey, he had a hard time because he was not that great on defense and he had to make up for it on the offensive end. And he didn't have his shot falling most of the time in his rookie season. He didn't take many of the shots people coveted in the NBA. He took very deep threes outside and when his shot didn't fall, he couldn't consistently drive to the basket and his teammates weren't good either. So, you know, when Luca was uh, playing at an amazing level, Trey was struggling to find his footing in the NBA. Trey is not really big, you know,
0: he's just right above six feet tall and he was pretty easy to defend. He wasn't shooting really well and the impact he was supposed to or projected to have on his team, he wasn't having He wasn't doing that at all. But, if you look more deeper into it, you can see that he was practicing shots that nobody else really was other than probably Steph Curry or Damon Lillard. And although he shot a very bad, or I wouldn't say very bad for a rookie, 32% from deep during his rookie
1: season, that has consistently improved over the years. And now, he makes a living from beyond the arc. Yeah, and looking at how... Luca has also not had a consistent three point shot. We can't really fault Trey. But looking just at the rookie seasons, Luca clearly had the better season and even the better record. So he won rookie of the year and Trey finished second. And it was pretty much clear to everybody that, okay, so the Hawks lost the trade, right? How can you possibly expect someone who doesn't really have that much of a feel for the game as Luca to be the future better player? So everyone assumed that, okay, the Hawks, even though they got another player, and Trey has slightly improved at the end of his rookie season, they wouldn't consider him anywhere close to Luca. And the next year was nothing different, right? The whole playoff saga with Luca and the Clippers.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Hawks didn't make the playoffs even uh, in
1: Trey Young's second year.
0: And that is when uh, especially Luca, started performing really better and they made the playoffs. And they matched up against the heavily favoured Clippers. You know, although the Clippers won in six games, Luca had a career-best career, career best 43 points in the playoffs and a game-winner against the Clippers. I think that was the first time a player had a career uh, a playoff buzzer-beater in his
1: first playoff series ever. Everyone started comparing him to Magic at that point because they all thought that him being just a second-year player, doing all these wondrous things, he might even make it a few rounds deep in the playoffs. True. In that series, Porzingis got injured. He hurt his knee.
0: And didn't play all the six games. But Luca carried the team. And although they lost eventually, he he told the league that he was a person who could carry a team. And his best was yet to come. So people started comparing him with LeBron. Because, you know, LeBron has been carrying teams throughout the playoffs. And uh, because of his LeBron-esque stats too. I think this season also, he's averaging around 25, 8.5 and 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 8.5. So... In, that, in, the, in those playoffs, when he was literally carrying the team against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, people started comparing him to players like LeBron and even Magic Johnson, as you rightfully said. So, if you look at it, when their second seasons got over, Luca was clearly the favorite at that point of time. He had made the playoffs. He had carried the team. He had shown what he could actually do. And the best was yet to come. But Trey Young hadn't made the playoffs. But
1: everything would change in the third season. Yeah, when the Hawks finally decided to make some moves. So, before that, they hadn't had any good complementary pieces to trade. I mean, they had a few decent players, but nothing that would lift Trey to a playoff-caliber you know, squad around him. So, the next year, they traded for a lot of good pieces, like Lou Williams. And they signed uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic after his trade with the Bucks for, fell out. And they signed Gallinari also after his bubble stint with the OKC Thunder. So after that season, everything looked nice. And especially since Clint Capella had also come to the Hawks in the before the offseason, where Covington got traded to the Rockets. So, you know, the Hawks had a good squad, but you know, could they put it all together? Especially with the East becoming a lot better with Durant, Irving, and Harden now on the nets, and the Bucks becoming a lot better with the addition of Drew Holiday. And Philly, finally trying to put it all together. So, this year especially, was going to be the biggest challenge for the Hawks. They were trying to put together a squad which could competently match up with the rest of the East.
0: Yeah, especially, um, we have to talk about how the Hawks made the playoffs in Trae Young's third year as a fifth seed. And uh, their first round was against the heavily favoured Knicks with Julius Dangle coming off his MIP season and everything. Nobody expected the Hawks to win let alone win in five, he completely demolished the Knicks with his signature shot uh, in game one and the silencer and everything. It was pretty cool to even watch. I mean, let alone winning the first round, nobody would even, even imagine that he would be the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers were at least proje- projected or expected to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, come on, you have to be honest with me. You can't tell me you expected the Hawks to be the Sixers in the second round.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect the Hawks to win a game, let alone beat them. So, I thought that the Sixers were going to be the champions last year. I even projected them going at minimum 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. But it was really great to see Trey develop into the character that he was, you know. He had this sort of villain character in the playoffs, where Luca was obviously loved by everyone, right? So... People loved watching him be that good guy and torch the teams. But Trey, he had that silencer at Madison Square Garden. And everyone and everyone didn't gel up with him. They, they looked at him as an antagonist in a sort of way. And when he beat Philly, literally no one predicted what could come next. No one knew where this man could go. And his team also performed really well. And he was there playing his heart out and making the big plays, having the big performances when his team needed them. Especially they had two great comebacks against the Sixers. Do you remember when the Sixers had a 26-point lead? And they still blew it to the Hawks. That too in Philadelphia, not even at Atlanta. It was on Philly's home
0: floor. The Hawks literally came back from a 26-point deficit. And there was nothing the Sixers could do. I mean, Ben Simmons was an absolute joke. And it was just really warming to see how the whole team gelled. Not only Trae Young, but Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Capella. Everyone was solid. Every single
1: person was solid. Yeah, and... Even against the Bucks, right? Like, you look at the Hawks' success throughout. You can't just say it was a fluke because they won on the Bucks' home floor. He shimmied on Drew Holiday and he hit the shot on him. One of the best defenders in the league. And the Bucks in the playoffs were the number one defense. Yeah, I mean, he had 48
0: points, if I'm not wrong, in game one against the Bucks, And I I, I heard people were uh, like, maybe the Hawks could actually win the championship. But, I mean, although I'm laughing right now, it did seem like somewhat a possibility at that point of time. Because there, there was nothing that was stopping the Hawks. Trey Young was on an absolute rampage. They're staring up the best defence in the playoffs. I mean, anything could have happened at that point of time. The Bucks just, you know, got their stuff together and they just managed to pull away in six games. But six games against the eventual champions
1: is no joke, especially when trey uh, got injured. Yeah, he was, he was injured and... Not taking away from the bucks. Even Giannis went through an injury in the Hawk series. But still, you know, it was a testament to say how good the Hawk squad could be. And more importantly, looking at the other side of things, Luca had to face against the face up against the Clippers once again. And this time having a 2-0 advantage over them in the first two games. And looking at it, everyone expected the Clippers to beat the Mavs, but after the 2-0 lead, I kind of thought, okay, maybe he has a chance this year. Last year, it went to six. Maybe this year, it goes to seven and he wins. But even though Luca had an insanely good series, he averaged 36 points while shooting insane in the playoffs. You know, he shot around 39% from three. It was about time that we asked the question, is Trey, for Luca a really good trade? Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at
0: it from that point of view, you definitely be in a conundrum as to who is the actual better player. But I would say instead of, you know, comparing or uh, just pinning these two against each other, we'll have to look at the development these two players have had overall these last four years in the league. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we now know that Treyang Young has made it deeper into the playoffs than Luca. But if you look at it this way, Luca's team didn't perform well in Game 7 or in the last few games against the Clippers uh, during his last playoff run. He had to do everything on his own and still, he lost. So... If you look at the ceilings of both the players, we might have already seen Luca's ceiling. You know, we know what he can do; he can carry the whole team. But we may not have seen Trey Young's actual ceiling. He's been getting progressively better every season, and uh, with a solid team around him,
1: there's no saying as to what he can and can't do. You're right. You're absolutely right. We've seen Luca play with a diminished squad. He know we know he can carry a team at this point, right? Like you know. It reminds me of LeBron back in his early years where he carries a team, but he's just a bit short of making it to the finals or making a deep run where he actually has the help needed to beat some of those juggernaut teams. And the real question is, we've seen LeBron make those adjustments to play with other stars, right? Like he took down the number of shots he takes. He sacrifices and plays the game a bit better. And with Luca, I'm not sure whether he would be as effective coming off the ball. but Trey, he's shown that with a squad that, you know, accommodates to all his strengths, he can take that leap. And his ceiling is yet to be shown. Like, comparing the seasons they're having right now, the Mavericks are at a better position. The Hawks are number 12. But in a relatively more competitive Eastern Conference, there is much to be said about the season Trey is having. He's averaging around 27 points per game while shooting career highs from three as well as from the field. Whereas Luka is struggling. And I know that you could say it's just a slump. But you have to say that consistency is something that you expect. Luca goes through more of a slump every year. And, you know, with his team record being very important this year, you know, they might get a lot more favorable matchups in this year. And one of his playoff runs having been in the bubble, we'll have to see the future projection. Because in this type of NBA scenario where a lot of individual performances are needed to keep your team afloat, I would like to see both of them actually match up, right? And... In the future, if they actually meet in the finals or Luca or Trey go to the other's conference, it might be a match of ages. You know, it might be one of the most exciting things we've seen in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Uh, but I think the best
0: is ahead of us, and uh, as they get better and get better teammates too, if possible, I think we may see Trey Young versus Luka Doncic in the NBA finals. I mean, you can't say uh, can't happen. Never say never. So we'll just have to wait and see. And I personally think both of us are really excited to see where these players and teams go and develop and if they would eventually meet the AB finals.
1: So that's been it for this episode guys and we'll see you guys in the next one.